There's a place here at the table Your coats go by the door You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor I hope you wore elastic Cause your waistband's gonna get tight Take time's done, we're having a night Hi 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 Good to see you well, I'm Sophie. And I'm Ari. And you're listening to Having a Night in Quarantine, exactly. the podcast about reviving the lost art of the dinner party in isolation. Exactly. Listen, even if you're in isolation, you can still open a great bottle of wine and eat a can of beans. Damn straight. Oh, my God. I feel like beans have actually been having quite a renaissance in like the last year and a half. And this yes. might be the peak of their renaissance. That's so true. No one's going to have a bean after this until the <laughs> day they die. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, what did you eat this week? Um, a lot of beans. I'm also here with two vegetarians. So there's a lot more beans than I would normally have in my own quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, that happens. Never. Um But tonight, I'm actually in the process right now. I just took a break from cooking. We're making, um, we're celebrating Nowruz tonight, which is Persian New Year. And it was actually last Friday. So we're doing um, this lamb stew and also an eggplant stew for the vegetarians. And um, tadig, which is this Persian rice that has this really, really crispy bottom. And then you flip it so it's the top. And um, a cucumber, radish, walnut, feta, and just herbs on herbs on herb salad. What about you? Anything good? I saw that bolognese. Sorry, I just burped, burping bolognese. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about it. The bolognese was very good. So we did sort of a mixture between a Marcella Hazan recipe and our friend Vinny Matranga's recipe. And his recipe calls for chicken livers, which was really interesting. So I had never heard of that. But you put them in with prosciutto after you've softened the celery and the carrots and the onions and everything put them in with like a couple slices of prosciutto, just like a couple of chicken livers. At first I was like, Oh my God, this smells really livery. Like it smelled very irony. Yeah. Like, you know, cause it smells like metal. And then I, you know, we added in the meat, it started to Brown. We added in white wine, milk, the whole thing. And then five hours later, it was unbelievable, but it's so like a bolognese is so crazy because you forget that like the fat kind of separates from the meat. So there's a period where the meat almost tastes dry. Yeah. And then like you, you have to keep cooking it. Like if you stop it at the dry point, you're fucked. So like keep going and then it, yeah, it it, like reabsorbs everything anyway. So we had that so good. The exciting thing is that this week we have on Oh my God. Let's talk about who we have on. It's so exciting. We have on our first repeat guest and he's one of our favorite new friends. If you don't know who he is, his name is Austin Power. That's right, baby. Austin Power. Saki Sam to the stars. Saki Sam to the stars. He has been in the sake business for about 15 years. He works now as the sake sommelier at Tokyo Record Bar, which is a great restaurant in New York, and Niche Niche and Special Club. We became fast friends after Sophie and I went to Tokyo Record Bar, well, and he was giving us some deep pours. I was also thinking, like, you know, this episode may seem like it's not that applicable to these times, but guys, 
New York, at least, has deemed liquor stores a necessity. So what better time to learn about sake and drink a whole bunch of different sakes and educate yourself? Great point. And another thing that I want to say, a lot of restaurants obviously are doing these relief campaigns right now where you can help GoFundMe or whatever it is. A lot of them have pages where you can help support the staff that have either been laid off or who Mm -hmm. aren't able to work at the moment. Um, And Air's Champagne Parlor, Tokyo Record Bar, Niche Niche, the group where Austin works, is doing one right now. It's such a worthy cause. It's such an amazing group of spaces and group of people who are so passionate about what they do. So if you feel helpless, but like you have a little bit of of extra money that you want to donate to this cause, I think it's a really worthy one. So well said. Yeah. I totally support that. Um, so just a fair warning to you guys, we did record this what seems like uh, a lifetime ago. It was only a couple weeks ago, but we were not aware of the impending doom. And it's. I know you'll all enjoy it because it's just bright and fun and there's no talk of coronavirus. It's all about sake and drinking and celebrating. And I know you guys are going to learn a lot and really enjoy everything that Austin has to say because he's a doll. Yep. Oh, and one other thing is that Ari and I are about to dip our toes into the wild world of Instagram live. That's right. (laughs) So we're thinking next week, um, we are going to pop up live on your Instagram. We're going to have a cute little dinner party together or possibly cook. We haven't decided yet. Actually, if you guys have any suggestions, please DM us, write us at hello at having a night Um, we'd love your suggestions for our live Instagram show. Please keep checking back on our website. Cause now that we are both unemployed and quarantined, we've been rolling some really interesting things out where we have a favorite thing section where you can read about um, all of our favorite pantry items, which are very necessary right now. Um, yeah. Some recipes are about to show up and who knows, there might be some YouTube content as well. So stay tuned for that stuff and the Instagram stuff. And please enjoy Austin power, everyone. Guys, cheers. Cheers. Austin, back on the podcast. Wow. The one and only. The one and only. <laughs> Maybe favorite all-time guest. You're our, back. You're no. our first return guest. Exactly. Wow. I'll drink to that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hope you can't hear me blushing. <laughs> wow, that's delicious. Mm. Oh, oh, my God. Whoa. We're drinking a sparkling sake. Let's yes. just, can we just dive in and start with this? Like, talking about what the fuck this is? So, I want to... Um, circle back. Just lead us. But lead we'll us, start Austin. the day with saying that we are drinking Hakai-san's Awa Sparkling uh, Junmai Ginjo. This is a sake from Niigata Prefecture, which has the highest snowfall of all of Japan. Wow. And uh, Timothy Sullivan, who is the Hakai-san brand ambassador for the U.S. Um, and kind of like North America in general. Uh, also my sake-sensei, um, he represents this brand and helped introduce it to the market. So this is something that we serve at uh, Tokyo Record Bar. If you want to come drink some bubbly sake with me any Tuesday or Wednesday, <laughs> that's where it's at. So I was just thinking about what we were doing the last time that I talked to you guys. And so since then, um, in small news, I did my intro to Court of Smiley, my very first level of wine education. Woo! Whoa. And in big news... Uh, I got married on July 1st. Yay! Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Niche Niche is, of course, above uh, Special Club, our live music venue. 
Um, and it had just kind of started getting rolling at that time. So um, there wasn't much happening in the space, but it was already decked out and super, super gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So my uh, lovely um, boss lady, Ariel, allowed us to throw our party down in Special Club. Which, That's huge. Uh, or you just got to experience for the first time. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I was just saying to Austin, but it feels like you're going through the looking glass. It, you go down these stairs and there's like this club. It feels like it's from another time on one side in that special club. And they're playing all this great music and these sake-based cocktails. I had a sake Negroni. Ooh. So did absolutely you help divine. develop the cocktails? So we used some of our recipes uh, from our original uh, kind of cocktail program runner, Ashton Berry, mm -hmm. who's graduated on into uh, the rest of her wonderful life now. And then uh, <laughs> Jessica Jolie, who um, runs our sake program at Tokyo Record Bar, oh, cool. also directed some of the new sake uh, cocktails down at Special Club. And we kind of wanted to use some sake and ingredients, things you wouldn't maybe drink on the regular. One of the things that are fantastic we have down there is by Kamazumi Brewery. We have an aged sake called koshu. If you ever see that word, koshu means aged sake. Um, and basically the lipids and proteins, they all get a little bit more dense. They uh, chain together. So the longer you leave sake hanging around, everything that's been broken up by the process of making sake yeah. will slowly reattach itself. It's the wonders of chemistry. Wow. And you end up with this really interesting velvety textures. This is a sake from 1998. Whoa. So 22 years old, which wow, is it's legal. wild. It's just said 22 years. I was like, no, 98. That's like 14 years. Yeah. Ago. yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Jesus. Yep. Nope. Um, 22 years old. And does that mean that the texture is more viscous? It is a little bit more viscous, but it's not only that. Okay. It's just a little bit rich, a little bit kind of longer protein. So it just coats your palate in a very different way. So wow. viscous is kind of right, but I don't want you to think syrupy viscous. I just want you to think like deliciousness yeah, viscous. Velvety. But yeah, it has it's more highbrow. It's a sake for <laughs> a whiskey or a bourbon drinker. And we serve a neat or on a giant rock and it's wow. Gorgeous. What's the alcohol content? Uh so that one is I might misquote myself, but I think it's about eight, 17 to 19%. So it's on the higher end. That's um, quite yeah. high, yeah. right? Yeah, that's on the higher end. Like the highest uh, you can go for alcohol in sake is 21%. Okay. And um, so there's a really fun bottle. Tamagawa has a uh, beautiful logo on the face, um, kind of like closing one eye, sticking its tongue out. It's basically a uh, very fancy emoji. And anytime you see that, you're in for trouble. So they're... Uh, oh. Their red label, their heirloom Yamaha Ginshu, uh, which means like they grow their own rice for it. Uh, Yamaha is the open top fermentation. Um, I've just learned a difference just for some clarification. In sake, we say ambient yeast when we mean yeast derived from the brewery, from open top fermentation, mm -hmm. all of these different things. In wine, they say indigenous or like uh, sometimes they'll say local, but Usually what I hear in wine conversations is indigenous yeast. Okay. So indigenous yeast wines, open top fermentations in the winery, ambient yeast, sake, Yamaha, Kimoto's, these open top fermentations in the brewery. Got it. So like yeah. no foreign yeast introduced in other ways. Right. Well, right. it's just a different yeah. kind of expression. Right. But 
Those are parallel terms, and I felt so stupid when I finally realized that. Wow, your wine one course is really showing its showing its stripes. Here it is. (laughs) Um, Back to your wedding. Mm. You went down to Special Club. What were you drinking? Who was playing? Was there a live band? So we didn't have a band. I made a playlist. Our party at Special Club. Uh, it's all like beautiful, red velvet, amazing. And we moved everything so people could kind of mingle and dance. And I know that we talk a lot about uh, food and eating and everybody got a dietary restriction. Really? These days. At your wedding? No, just oh. in general. See, you know, see, it's, yeah. it's hard. Uh, so I told everyone to um, eat beforehand. I wasn't going to feed them, but I was going to get them drunk. So. I love that. Yeah. Mm. That's kind of a brilliant idea because then you just don't have to handle it. Yeah. Plus, what time did it start? Uh, like eight. Okay, great. So, so like you can grab a slice of pizza on the way over. They had time. And then it's a party. It was a party. Right. It's just a pure party. It, it's a celebration. Right. So we were celebrating sake and champagne um, and uh, just having a little bit of bubbles. We served uh, Yuzo Special that we talked about last time from mm-hmm. Namu Bijin Brewery uh, in Awate. I had featured that as the main event. Um for my first niche, niche Jenner. And I also served it at my wedding. That's how much I love that piece of business. <laughs> and then we had some bubbles. And then we uh, did Kagami Baraki, which is, if you've never heard of that, you take a giant sake taro. Taro just means barrel. Um, and it's filled with booze. And they have a wonderful wooden top over it. And so at different celebrations, uh, you take giant mallets that are wrapped in... Um, beautiful kind of ribbons and you and the person you're celebrating with smash the top of it, crack it open. And then you serve everyone sake from the barrel. Oh my God. (laughs) So how big is the barrel? So the barrel is, um, like, uh, like if you were, you know, make a circle with your arms about that. Yeah. Okay. It's like a keg or it's not as Mm -hmm. bigger. How tall? (gasps) So, it's a little bit of an illusion when you do it for parties because it's not the original barrel. Okay. Um, but the one that we use has kind of a tray underneath of it. It's for ceremonial engagements. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the brewery, Dewazakura, was uh, nice enough to let us borrow theirs for the occasion. So we served Dewazakura Oka, uh, Cherry Bouquet. Very beautiful, like light floral cherry blossom. I'm so sad that our invitation got lost in the mail. I I feel like I really (laughs) want gone, you know? (laughs) I mean, that sounds like the most wonderful thing. After that, uh, I had asked my coworker to um, find me the largest bottle of sparkling wine that she could (gasps) find. Uh, And so we had this beautiful, uh, like, Methuselah of French Accorte, which is uh, Italian sparkling Okay. Method traditional mm-hmm. wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, super beautiful. Say it again. Method corte? Uh, French accorte. Oh, French accorte. French accorte. So, okay. yeah. If, I'm going to forget all my specifics right now. It's totally fine. Wait, really so, quickly. Yeah. Can we just talk about, okay, so it goes Magnum, Jeroboam, Methuselah. Like, the yes. titles for these things are so hilarious and insane. I like, guess. how big is a Methuselah, like, basically my size? No. It's no. A- so, they get so, <laughs> they get so. <laughs> gigantic right but for the sparkling they get really round oh yeah right. so it was still a little taller than a normal um magnum magnum but it was so so fat and it came wrapped <laughs> so in this cute. beautiful like clear orange 
kind of like cellophane, and it Love looked that. like a gigantic piece of candy. Oh it my god! So so perfect. So great. Oh my god. Um, and I tried to get my husband to do it on the mic, but he was being shy. So I sent him to the back. No one had seen it, and I took a very serious tone uh, over the microphone to the guest and said, "I have to tell you something. This <laughs> is a shotgun wedding." Oh my god! Because yeah. we had a baby, and oh, then he yeah. brought out this, the biggest <laughs> bottle of sparkling wine oh, you've ever seen god. in your life. Yeah. Oh my god! Put a um, bonnet on it. Yeah, oh and then we like popped it and just poured it like right into everyone's mouth, which was oh. so wonderful. Oh my god! You guys know how to throw a party. Yeah, you really it, do. It was a very nice time. So, well, that sounds absolutely incredible. Mm. And then, okay, so I missed the dinner at Niche Niche that Ari got to go to, which it sounded incredible. And part of what sounded so great about it was that. It's not like the food pairings were really exciting and really excellent, but I want to hear all about your night and how you approached it that was different than the last time or the same or, or what, 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 just give me the news. So, um, as I was saying, I just did my first level, uh, intro to Court of Psalm, which is very tiny. It's just the test. You don't have to blind taste anything yet. Um, ah. but it is a lot of geography. I would recommend Having an affair with a globe, oh like just God. get really. I would be so bad. I don't know where any place is. It is a lot of information. <laughs> so, woo. Uh, and so you're memorizing what grapes come from where, I assume. Mm-hmm. What wines come from where, which hopefully you know that based by based on the grapes. And then what else is included in round one? So essentially you're just studying international wine law, how that began, okay. and how it affects everyone else going after. Wow. And then you can deduce a lot of things about where wine is coming from based on how it tastes because certain places you cannot legally grow certain grapes. Right. So when we're testing in that very functional, like, academic realm, they're not going to choose anything that's a super wild card that's operating outside of the auspices of the uh, local legality. Right. Um, so that's kind of the big business of it. But it was very informative. We covered a lot of things. And are you doing round two, level two? I don't know when yet, but yes. Okay, cool. There's something so, um, yeah, I mean, it's superbly academic. Yes. Um, And anytime you go into a tasting situation, it's a completely different feeling and experience than the joy of drinking. Yes. And even people who go the long haul are like, and then I didnn't enjoy drinking. Right, right. Huge risk. A number of months. You're passionate about something and then it ruins it, but you're, but you're good at it. Right. But there is the whole fable somewhere. aspect of the job is like not so much to know what you like. Of course you do, but it's really none, none of anybody's business what you like. That's right. not the point of the job. Right. The, the job right. is to understand all of the different options, varieties, what you might like. Try to trick you into telling me what you like because you probably don't have the right words for it. Right. And then choosing delicious things for you based on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so for me, the difficulty, because I'm so far down the road in sake, was yeah. to start so young in wine and um, realize how long it's going to take me to get to that place on that road. Right. I do want to complete my second level, but I'm not sure I'm going to go beyond that mm-hmm. with wine because I don't know that I have the point of view or personality for wine yeah. um, as opposed to some of these other people yes. who are continuing down that road. Like, 
sure I like it, but I, I really love sake, yeah. you know, and I'm intrigued more by smaller kind of, not to repeat the restaurant name, but, mm-hmm. you know, niche experiences yes. um, in beverage or things that don't maybe get the appropriate love because people just misunderstand them. Um, totally. Yes. You're, you are their voice. I mean, as an expert in sake and someone who can literally, it's what wine sommeliers do too, that you're like translating and communicating and trying to figure out what this person wants and then kind of connecting them to their their bottle or their glass of whatever it is. But you have to you have to be you have to represent mm-hmm. all of that delicious sake or else no one would find it. True. So last time I was here, I was talking about my 2019 mantra reason to be as Kiki Sake she was that I want more people to drink sake more irresponsibly. Right. Yep. While that is still true, my new mantra for 2020 is even if you didn't like it, you learned something and it still had alcohol in it. <laughs> oh. I it's, like it. It's fine. Be adventurous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I always try to implore, you know, people, especially beverage directors making their list to be a little bit more of a bully. You know, it's very easy to put that one thing on that, you know, people are going to gravitate to because Mm -hmm, they don't recognize anything else. But I think the harder, the more interesting and the more rewarding job is to not give those easy outs and to help people find their way. I feel like that's a very interesting way that some of these craft sake brewers are going, especially now that the kids are taking over the family breweries and instead of having a range of 10 sake for every taste, they're just cutting things out. One of the things that makes me very excited about uh, selling sake when I get someone very, very excited and then come back a couple of times, if my list hasn't changed on the sixth time they've been back, I might not have a hot new thing to give you. Um, And they want to keep learning instead of just sitting in their comfort zone. So I think that's also a testament to just being curious Mm -hmm. as consumers and as drinkers. Yeah. And that's why it's helpful to have someone at the restaurant who knows what they're talking about and who's approachable and nice. Because I think the intimidation kills curiosity, Mm. no matter in whatever field. But when you go to a restaurant and you don't know any of these wines, they're all in another language, or you don't know any of these sakis and and there's no description of how they taste. And maybe the restaurant's really busy and loud and there's only one psalm walking around. You're like, oh, I don't want to, like, ask some stupid question. It's it's tricky. It's like you want to have that immediate connection almost when the person comes to the table. Like, oh, I like this person. I'm going to ask them a question. Right. So I really admire what you do. And it just comes so naturally to you because you're so approachable and personable. Mm-hmm. But some psalms, they walk up to the table and you're like, uh, you're going to judge me. I think but. people get intimidated and they get flustered. Mm-hmm. I ask like a very simple question usually, which is top two things you like to drink that have booze in them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I can gain a lot of information. Can we play this that. game? Oh, yeah. Okay. Negroni, margarita. Okay. So then you're going to like kind of uh, some more contemporary things and some things we've already talked about. But Negroni and Margarita are giving me a couple of points of interest. One, you like things with a stronger, more developed flavor. You -hmm. like something a little bit more direct. You're not as scared of a little bit of alcohol. Um, You're also okay with tartness, bitterness, and brightness. So uh, straight off the bat, Namasake, unpasteurized sake. It's going to be quite bright. It's going to be a little fuller. It's going to have a little bit more weight on your palate. Uh, it's going to be exciting. If you're doing something uh, that's a really fresh style, so we have Tainohana, which is an Erebushiri Komodo Nama Ginshu. 
Erbashiri is the first press of the season. Kimoto is that open-top fermentation where they're mashing the rice with the paddles. Ambient yeast, we love it. Yes, ambient mm-hmm. yeast. Ginchu uh, is cask strength, and Nama is, of course, unpasteurized. And how that translates, uh, that's actually what I call the tequila gimlet of sake on my list. Yum. It is bright and tart, and it's got nice acid, and it's got a little fruit underneath, but it's really, really uh, just fun and delicious and entertaining. Wow. See, that's so great. Like, that's why you study these things yes. is that was to be incredible. able to, to deduce something completely separate from what my answers were. Right. But I uh, loved that. Okay, you want to have your personality red? Your okay. palm red? Sure. Okay, I like a uh, martini, like a uh, – I'll just go bold. I, I can go for, like, a dirty martini, maybe even, like, a blue cheese stuffed olive um, with gin. I also recently have been into like like a saison, like a just a, a lighter beer, uh-huh. like mm. cit- citrusy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um, we were talking kind of Kimoto Yamahai over here in, in Ginshu with our namas <laughs> and all of that. But I think just a gentle or prettier nama would feel that saison kind of moment for you. Mm-hmm. Where What's you're gonna, a nama? Nama is just unpasteurized. Oh, that's the unpasteurized. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't have these other modifiers, which... Like, a lot of times when there are a lot of descriptive words for sake, they're explaining what they didn't do. Ah. So it's very low intervention. Got it. And cool. Oh, yeah. Unpasteurized, like, yes. unfiltered. Yeah, yeah, all of these things, right? And um, so when you see a very long title, it mostly means they made this. <laughs> that's it. That's it. They put, put it in, it in the bottle. That. It's like drinking at the brewery. Very, very pretty. Wow. Oh, Such wow. That's a really great trick. Listeners just look for a right. lot of words. Yeah. A lot of words. <laughs> That's what you like. Yeah. If you want something wild, right? And then um, for what we were saying at the beginning, uh, like Martini, Jim Martini, you're speaking my language. Um, Kirikuchi is the word for dry sake. That's classically dry sake. So you're going to be happy with a lot of things. But if you want some of that full flavored, there's the sake, uh, Yuho, Eternal Embers. It is like... Um, like Mild blue cheese and honey, and it's so so like ugh. you can find that at Saki Bar Satsuko. That's mild gorgeous. blue cheese and, and honey. honey. Uh, so like deep and developed. Um, maybe wow. like a little on the richer, more umami side, but so so gorgeous. And then uh, Kozeman's June by sixty five is another that we serve at Tokyo Record Bar, and uh, my very first. Niche niche dinner. I served it. It was the one that I said was like uh, great for being drunk on a boat because yes. it gives you all of your martini feelings yes. with a lower alcohol point. Mm-hmm. You won't fall overboard, but you still feel great. Yes. Um, you but can also, drink a lot of it as opposed to having two martinis and then you're screwed. Oh my yes. God. Two martinis, I'd be on the floor. And this brewery, Hakaisan from Niigata, basically, Niigata sake is going to make you happy in general because okay. the water quality there is so, so light and fine that you get these crisp, pure, clean. Uh, sake is kirikuchi sake is like very much nigata style so your martini life will be very happy with the nigata style sake this is so fantastic so you took your psalm certification then you had your dinner at niche niche so like how did that Effect. Yeah, bring it back. Everything, yeah. Bring it back. So that was quite a digression. Right. Okay. Well, now here we are. So we're back at Niche Niche for dinner number two. Uh, the first time I directed all the food that I wanted to be paired with my sakes um, because, you know, anal retentive. And then mm-hmm. this time I wasn't doing all sake. So I had the chefs follow the classic concept. I picked four things and they made the dinner to go along with it. Mm-hmm. They did an excellent job. Everything was delicious. But I chose 
uh, to do a study of uh, carbonation under the guise of it being very silly. So in uh, Japanese, there's a slang word, champon, which refers to when you've had all of the different types of drinks the night before, and now you are very drunk. Uh, I learned that from my tutor because I showed up very hungover to a session. (laughs) And she said, today's lesson is all of the Japanese words around being real drunk like you are right oh now. Oh my god, champon. Like, champon. So champon means like wait, it means you it's, literally It's mixed drinking. Mixed. Oh my god. It's it's, uh, it's a Long Island iced tea. It's wow. it doesn't have to be. It's like you have them all next to each other. Right. Yeah, so it's named after a soup that you just oh, throw everything oh. in. It's like a kitchen sink <laughs> yeah, soup. Yeah, that's what's happening in champon. your stomach. Yeah. yeah. Um so it's that kind of drinking. Wow. But I was very interested in um similar parallels like kind of cousins within a beverage that had a couple of things in common in terms of their fermentation, but were at their heart completely different. So we started with Champagne uh, Giberat, which um, they give about 65, 70% of their grapes to Laurent Perrier, Mm -hmm. but they keep some of their best ones and they have these incredible chalk cellars. And it was one of the first champagnes that I was like, oh, blew my mind. Um, when I started working for Ariel mm-hmm. uh, because it had a really beautiful minerality, but almost a little herbaceousness. And it was just a, like a, somebody with something to say. Mm-hmm. Right. So we started there. Um, and the important part, it was all Chardonnay, but the important part was stainless steel fermentation and secondary in bottle. So method champenois, method traditional, mm-hmm. if you're outside of champagne, just very, very classically uh, sparkling bubbles made in bottle. So delicious. Then we moved on to uh, Eve Cidery, which is a very small um, apple orchard in upstate New York. Mm. And I tasted them for the first time in like 2015 at one of the Taste of New York tastings. But they make um, this one called Beckhorn Hollow. It's a method traditional sparkling cider that has all of this beautiful champagne quality, but it's made with uh, all like hand foraged apples and wild forage pears and a little bit of crab apple which gives it this beautiful like bright acidity on the back note and i thought it was a very interesting example of what cider can be with a little bit of the kind of wild funky basque tradition and some of the more classic pleasing straightforward american tradition Mm -hmm. then we moved on to uh nambu their awa sparkling sake so just like the Hakai San that we're having uh, today. Both of these breweries um, are two of the 21 breweries that make up the Awa Sake Association mm-hmm. um, in Japan. It's very, very new. It's the newest designation. So the Awa Sake Association began in 2016. It was formed um, Nambubijin Southern Beauty the younger brother makes use a special that I served at my wedding. Mm-hmm. So this is one of their newer offerings. Um, it's recently debuted in the U S and I really wanted to stick with my love for them. My like insistence that I'm a Southern beauty and to really share something special, <laughs> yes. um, with the guest. So, uh, sparkling sake is so interesting because it's, um, this awa is hand-racked, just like champagne. Everything happens secondary in the bottle. Um, even though you have these different expressions, you have these different weights and textures, 
all of it is dosage zero. It's no dosage because you cannot add sugar to sake. Otherwise, it's no longer categorized as sake. Okay. So this is made as if it's a champagne, except that we're not adding sugar to it. Right. Because for those, can we like roll it back really quick? Yeah, of course. So if you do not know... Method traditional, the way that champagne is made is that they make a still wine, they put it into a beautiful bottle, they after the first fermentation is completed. Once it's in the bottle, they add a little bit of dosage, which is going to be sugar and some of the still wine mixed together. Depending on the dosage, that's how you get the categorization. If you're gonna be like extra brute, brute, you know, brute nature, all of these things, sex sweeter, we're getting up there. They add a little bit of this dosage. Then we put uh, the crown cap on, and if you're doing it by hand, really old school style, you got this board with different angled holes in it, and it starts at the bottom, and every uh, couple of, you know, every day or so, you tilt them a little and you raise them one higher, up until all of the dead yeast cells collect in the neck, and then you have to freeze that. Oh my God. So remember, yeah, we went to Corbell. Yeah, Ari and I went to the Corbell. Like winery, I mean, yeah, like factory, Mm -hmm. but they had all of the, The because they've started making it that way, obviously way back in the day, of course, now it's totally different, but like the freezing is so crazy. So you freeze it, all of the yeast freezes at the top. So it's the yeast cells. So so for champagne to be champagne, it has to rest on the lees, which the lees are the yeast cells that have now done their work. They've made the secondary fermentation and after they've eaten all of the sugar, then they die. So they fall down. They're a little particulate. Otherwise, you would have a hazy sparkling. Mm-hmm. Pet gnats right. are hazy because Whoa. those yeast cells are still inside. It's Take nothing it. weird, but it's a different. So you riddle <laughs> to do this. You get all those yeast in the neck. You freeze it. You pop it open. It shoots out. You throw a cork in it. And then you cage it and you let it hang out uh, in a cellar until you're ready to sell it. So that's. Method traditional, right? Wow. If you've ever wondered why uh, champagne is expensive, that's part of the reason. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's crazy involved. to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so for sake, they wanted to really capture this moment because champagne and sparkling wine was having a big moment in Japan 10 years ago. Uh-huh. Everything's blowing up. There's lots of sparkling wine around. And so they've been trying and trying to figure out how to do this. And they couldn't quite figure it out because they can't add the sugar. So how do you start the secondary fermentation? And if we go back to the fundamentals of sake, right at the beginning, the first thing you make, the moto like shubo, it's the the starter mash. So if you're thinking about baking bread maybe Mm -hmm. and you have your starter, sourdough starter, all of these things, it's still alive. Everything's still active. You still have all of that culture. After they've done the whole process, they've made the sake, we've had the first fermentation done, they put it into the bottle, they take a little bit of that preserved starter from the same batch of sake, and they put a pinch of that into the bottle, and then they cap it, and then they hand rack. Wow. Okay, so just adding a little bit of that quote-unquote starter. Because it still has some active rice, and it still has Mm. active yeast. And there's sugar in that, and it's eating that. Yes, and so it starts to cannibalize again, and anything that's still remaining in the sake in the bottle, it will start all over and create that secondary bubble. Whoa. Absolutely fascinating. So, Why didn't they think of that sooner? Well, because <laughs> it wowed. Um, you know, just the joys of... That is amazing. The joys of chemistry, right? It's 
like sake but champagne that sounds yeah. so stupid but <laughs> no. i feel like it's like if i took sake and i put it into a soda stream yeah like that's, that's what it would taste like yeah it's so refined and light it's so delicious um so you gave them these four right these right. four drinks so that was number three. Oh, that's three um <laughs> we just got so excited i know so i was gonna break off to say if ari if you remember the Nambubijan, right, had a very different quality, a little bit richer, mm-hmm. kind of white peach, a lot more fruit. Yeah. And all of that is directed by the water source and then also the yeast varietal that they're using. So since we're talking Niigata-style sake here, this is very, very like clean, mineral, direct bubbles, mm-hmm. right, um, coming from the regionality and the water source. Whereas the Nambubujin, even though made the same way, even though there's no added sugar, you had a very different expression of viscosity and weight and aroma and fruit. So wild and cool. So if you have one, don't think you've had them all. That's what I will say about Awa sake. Yeah. Yeah. They change very drastically based on region. So Nambubujin, right? Nambu is also a place and also was a Toji Guild, like the most famous of the Toji Guilds when way back in history. Um, It's a Toji guild. So a Toji is a master brewer. Okay. And then the guild is like the group of the brewers and they'd all get together and talk. But, uh, you know, you weren't allowed to share secrets. Mm -hmm. So if you were part of this one, you weren't talking to these guys, all of these things. And Mm -hmm. each region um, kind of developed a different personality and characteristic. Wow. Um, Fascinating. So that's a little bit of a tangent. Amazing. So for the finale Uh was uh, a beer which is now um, no longer being produced, unfortunately. I found out about it the same week that they decided they weren't going to make it anymore. But it was Brooklyn Brewery's local one, um, which you may have had before. But it's a Belgian strong pale ale. And it follows traditionally the Belgian practice of doing the secondary fermentation in the bottle. So it's basically a still beer that goes into the bottle And then they add a little bit of the yeast. They move it to a very hot room, which seems counterproductive, but the hot room agitates the yeast, Uh makes it grow and uh, move throughout the bottle, and it creates this different style of carbonation. And then they move it to a cold room to let it relax, all of the cells to die down and all of these things and reintegrate into the beer. So it makes for this fantastic bubble. It's a stronger style of carbonation than we're used to in the beers that we have today. Stronger style meaning like it's more like prickly on your tongue? No, it's uh, just literally scientifically higher uh, oh. carbonation. Okay. Oh. So, there's more? Whereas there's a difference between, so as a baseline, Prosecco tastes different from Champagne uh-huh. mm-hmm. because the atmospheres in the bottle are different. Mm-hmm. Champagne's usually about six atmospheres of pressure. Prosecco is about four because it's made in a different style. Okay. Um, So then beer that we're having made in one way, uh, kind of the more classic way now, has a lower atmosphere than beer made in this Belgian style. Wow. Okay. So So it's it's like it just tastes more carbonated. It's like if you leave a Bud Light sitting out for 30 minutes, you're basically just (laughs) drinking something still whereas this has like more carbonation it it doesn't it has a little bit more volume to it and it changes the texture so again we're back to like a more velvety texture right um something really pleasing and a little bit more like earthy and chocolatey and a little spice Um, and i was just really kind of uh, blown away by it it was so good and they served that 
should we work backwards? They, they, the chef did such a great job. It was very seafood forward, mm-hmm. the meal. But Austin served that beer with this amazing chocolate cake. Yeah. That was just like the perfect chocolate cake. I'm not a big cake person. Mm. Also, I was sitting at the counter, which is always the best. And <laughs> they brought it out in this huge slab and they were cutting it. And I was Ooh, just like yum. Oh my in God, heaven. I love chocolate yeah. cake. Chris was trying to talk to me and I was like, shh. <laughs> like we're at a movie. <laughs> and then... The entree was that cod, right? Yeah, it was it, so good. It's so delicate. A beautiful kind of poached cod with a beurre blanc. It was, but it was... With caviar. Yes. Wow. So, it was so light, that beurre blanc. It was just mm, perfect. And um, then before that, we had just a really uh, refreshing salad to go with the cider. Yeah. Um, and then the beginning was a salmon rillette mm. on toast. It was so toast. good. Yeah. I was just thinking about salmon with cornichon. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, delicious. Oh yeah, very French. Yeah. Gotta love that cornichon. Yeah. Yes, this is a fabulous night. We have to talk about the canned yes. sake ball. So Austin came <laughs> over. He's about to take over the world. We're so happy to see him, and he had me take two things out of his bag. One of which was this beautiful small bottle of Hakai San, which was the sparkling sake that we were drinking, and the other was a gigantic how many ounces is that that's like a foster's can yeah so it is a growler and it is essentially a bottle of wine yeah a growler a growler with um his beautiful watercolor penises all over it Mm -hmm. which is full of a sake bomb is this a canned sake bomb that you've created yes so when i'm worried that your name needs to be on it somewhere i gotta tell you because your name is too good not to put it on. it's true well it's not it's not for sale anywhere Okay. okay it was just for the evening and I thought about it but um it's a new version of the print uh-huh. that I made uh that is kind of recalls looking at something that's supposed to be in 3D but without your 3D, 3D mm-hmm. glasses mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. It's very blurry. It's very yeah. champon. Right. It's very that. <laughs> it so, gives you a, a clue to how you'd feel if you finished every, and, all the contents. And yeah. I wanted to bring it out at the end and make people feel very uneasy. Like, does the can actually look like that? Right. Or have I made a terrible mistake? Or some people see it completely clearly. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, nailed yeah, it. it. Perfect. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I made a test version of the shirt, and I was just going out to uh, San Francisco for a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. I was wearing the shirt going through TSA uh, at JFK, and the guy doing the metal detector was like, I don't know. This is, I can't. That is too much for me. And the woman running the bag check said, not for me. I want one. And then we became Instagram friends. And she bought one. Oh, wow. What a dream. We we need to buy them immediately. Yeah, we do. makes everyone feel, like, very uneasy, uh, but in the best way. Right. So that's why I chose that for the label. But um, my genius for my fifth and final surprise of the evening, I thought you know it. It's just a nice way to end on like a little dumb sake bomb because that's where I come from. And before I was even a bartender, uh, I was just hanging out um, at Sake Bar Satsuko, and one of the bartenders was like, "You are chatty Kathy when you're drunk, so <laughs> I will give you these beers with a little sake in them." if you will go harass those tables so they stay. So I would just trap people on like a Wednesday night to stay and party. And I would get all of these uh, little cups of beer with a little sake in it, which she christened the Austin special. So this is a canned Austin special. Um, I went to my friend Zach Mack of ABC Beer Co. uh, because they 
have wonderful growlers that you can take out, but mm-hmm. they're in can style, so easy to take to a party. You don't have to worry about all the glass, all that good stuff. Yeah, right. And um, brought in a sake for us to taste, and then we did a little side by side, put a little in some beers to figure out what was the That's right so potion. I'm not going to say what either of them are. Oh. You're not going to say either? Come on. I'm not going to say either because I don't want them to get mad at me. Okay, will you give us a hint to the style? Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah. I picked a very classic Junmai, very Karakuchi, so mm-hmm. really, really light and clean. But honestly, too nice to be putting into a beer except for it tastes exceptional. Oh, amazing. And then uh, a really beautiful, uh, just classic lager, something just like light and chug- chuggable, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a sunny day, like an easy after work feeling, yeah. all of that. So this kind of light style lager and this very, very dry style sake. The magic of the sake bomb is the sake rounds out the corners of the beer. They're not so um, sharp. Mm-hmm. It's very, very soft. Mm-hmm. It increases the aroma and it makes it very, very drinkable. So this came out tasting like lemon peel and white tea leaves. Oh my God. And it went way better than I could have expected. Oh my God. I lo- How many did you make? I uh, made six total. We poured through five. So that is the last <gasps> remaining one. Oh my God, Austin! Wait, wow! Oh my God! Oh my God! Well, have you had any offers? I mean, I feel like you could. I don't know if you'd want to sell out like that, but I feel like that'd be huge. Well, it's a silly thing, but I think it could could be something. But then we have to get into all of the legality of that. Yes, yes. But for now, it's just like this super special thing. If you partners, I can't wait to try it. Well, I mean, it's just always a dream. I feel like we could sit and talk to you for... <laughs> I know. Well, really, because it just feels like hanging out and uh, you telling yeah, us right. things that we don't know anything about, which is yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So good to Thank see you. you. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Thank you. Wow. Austin. Wow. Power. Never ceases to amaze. Also, new favorite term, champon. Oh, champon. I was about to say, one might even say, Austin Power, he's the man. Oh, champon. I mean, I think we live our lives like champon, champon champions. Let's make shirts. (gasps) Having a night, champon champions do some dual merch. Uh, Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Ad Large. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Colin Schmaling, our favorite, most glorious editor that ever was alive. And guys, thank you for listening. Stay safe, stay sane. We're so happy to, you know, have listeners and to be able to hopefully bring like at least an ounce of joy to a kind of a bleak time. But we love you and we're here for you. We're here for you. We definitely want to know what you're cooking and we want to share with you what we're cooking. So keep in touch during these weird times, guys. See you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.